When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we've taken a break from biting our nails to record this week's Tripe Supper. I'm joined by Anthony Vickers and Jonathan Taylor. And unsurprisingly, we're looking ahead to the two fixtures remaining for the three teams at the top. Uh, Vic, starting with you, are we past the point now of, of expecting or hoping for results from elsewhere? Well, I certainly don't think we can factor them in. But this is a really funny league. Uh, it's not beyond the, the realms of possibility that Burnley may drop a point, And suddenly that, that throws everything open to a a last day shootout for the title it looks much more likely that that'll be a head to head for the second promotion spot but you, you can't predict anything in this league uh, I mean we were we were supposed to go to Charlton and win uh, supposed to be Ipswich well exactly we've, you know, we've all run the mathematical models what it comes down to now is two games two wins and Borough are up two wins and Borough are probably up as champions and those oh sorry because I mean that, that would that would probably claw back the goal difference the one goal on, on Burnley so two wins would take you up a draw and a win almost certainly but you don't want to go that way do you going into the last no, you don't I mean, we, we could you say a win and a draw uh, would be enough but not necessarily because Brighton could win uh, by a far bigger margin than we do in, in the other game and that could give, give them the edge so a, a win and a draw might not be enough I mean, we've looked at the scenarios. I think there's nine possible permutations that would see Borough up on the last day. Uh, if you factor in possible Burnley results as well, you're probably looking at about 21 different different variables. I don't think it's it, it doesn't sit well with sanity to try and keep all those balls in the air. So I think we have to take the Grant Ledbetter perspective and just look at the next game first. Let's get Birmingham out of the way and then worry about what we need to do on the last day. Indeed, Birmingham City on, on Friday night, and, and, and it is a tough game. You know, it is Birmingham away, it, it isn't an easy place to go, and Borough don't have the greatest record there, but, but Birmingham's form, form of late isn't great, is it, John? And Borough, sh- it's a game Borough should win. Well, it's a game that they need to win for me. I mean, obviously, the Brighton game is going to be the decider one way or another. You know, It will go down to the final day, but I think that Middlesbrough really do need to come out of that Birmingham game with a little bit of momentum, because... We, it is still very much in Borough's hands, but equally you're looking at Burnley, who are 21 games unbeaten. You're looking at Brighton, that have won the last five, I think. So Borough, albeit a, you know on a great run unbeaten in seven, five wins, which I agree with Aitor, is a great return. Um, you don't want to kind of go into the last game of the season where you need to win on the back of three draws, really. Yeah. So I think it's all about the performance and Middlesbrough need to win to get that momentum going. Um, Birmingham, no, historically they haven't done well, but historically they haven't done well at Nottingham Forest or Ipswich yeah. or, or Hillsborough, and they've won all of them this season. Um, you'd think that Birmingham have nothing to play for, but equally you've seen how dangerous teams with nothing to play for can mm. be in this league. But it's all about Borough. I mean, if, if Borough play to their maximum, they will win the game. I think it's back an awful memory, sorry, but it brings so, back awful memories of, of Andrea Beke lunging in for that tackle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, Borough have contrived to, to throw away a lot of good, good commanding mm. positions at Birmingham over recent years. But I mean, I, I think the fact that Borough have smashed so many hoodoos this year. Should should tick a few boxes. The fact that they're on a good run 
should tick some boxes. Uh, and also, um, Birmingham, will, it, it should be fairly flat. You know, a, a month ago when we looked at the, the run-in, you had Birmingham was penciled down as a really tough game because at that point I think they'd only lost two at home all season. Uh, since then, they've lost another couple. Uh, they're at the fag end of their season. I imagine their fans would be fairly flat. They just want to get it over with and get out. And their crowds have been drifting all season because they've got a lot of problems there as a club uh, behind the scenes, uh, although Gary Rowe's done a great job. Borough will go there with 5,000 uh, 5, fans behind them uh, with a bit of momentum and knowing that they need to win. And I, I imagine the atmosphere would be very much tilted towards Borough's favour and it might feel like a home game in, in some respects. I think Borough need to look at themselves. Um, and actually, if you look at the last seven games, I know that... For most of the game, for 60 minutes, I agreed with Aitor at Burnley that Middlesbrough were the much better team there. So that could have been a very different outcome. We could be sat here, you know, when all in our deck chairs. We're not, but it could have. And equally on Saturday, I don't think that Middlesbrough played too badly. No, no, I, no. I thought they were pretty good. Uh, they had four great chances, didn't stick them away. And that, that, that kind of ultimately cost them. So seven game, last seven games, Middlesbrough have been pretty good on the whole. So they should go to Birmingham pretty confident, albeit tinged with a little bit of disappointment that they didn't win on Saturday. But overall, they're playing well enough to think, well, we can go and get the result. But I think it is, just get the stage where it is almost irrelevant what the other two do now, because Middlesbrough still need... It, it doesn't matter, really, if how the other two do on the bank holiday Monday. Middlesbrough will still need to probably go and beat Brighton on the last day, if not draw. So it's all down to Borough. It's such a peculiar situation, isn't it, for... For effectively it to be in the hands of all three teams. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's a case of anyone that slips now. I mean, there's no recovery time, is there? Really, mm. anyone that loses this weekend effectively is is out of it, barring a statistical freak. Uh, the stakes are incredibly high. We all know that. It's a, a hundred million pound match on the final day at the Riverside. Uh, the tension is is incredible. Uh, but you know what what. what we shouldn't perhaps take heart from is that the Borough have saved their best performances this season for the, the top teams and that's when they, they've come into their own when the opposition are, want to play football and want to attack them so I, I think that bodes well for the last day I'm, I'm actually less worried about Brighton than I am Birmingham in a bizarre kind of way yeah, I think completely. it's interesting one thing I thought was quick to say after the Ipswich game was that Borough had played um, was it six or seven, seven games in 23 days, he said. But actually, they have got a full week. There's no midweek fixture this week, which I think obviously will help all three teams. And we've seen time and time again that when Borough have extra time on the training ground, they tend to do quite well. If we look at the international breaks this season, Borough have tended to do quite well after them. So that's a big thing. The players, I agree with Aizor, did look a little bit out on their feet last I'll 10 minutes. Albertino absolutely out on his feet. So a, a week on the training ground probably will help. I know that Aizor, he said that the players were off. Um, on Certainly on Sunday they were off. I don't know, Monday as well. So they're going to be given plenty of rest and relaxation time. And then after the Birmingham game, you've got eight days. You've got another eight days to build up to the next one. Um, it is very intriguing how the, the fixtures have fallen, as in Middlesbrough playing on the Friday and the other two on the Monday. So it's going to be fascinating to see what kind of mood's going to be around next weekend. Because if we do their job, then they can, thinking to they can kind is, of enjoy that. That's that a factor that perhaps you know, we, we should bear in mind. If it was the other way around, you know that Teesside would be absolutely in jitters if we had to wait 48, 72 hours yeah. uh, with that result, result hanging over us. And it would be exactly the same for the others. If Borough win and win well, 
the pressure on Brighton will be absolutely incredible. Less so Burnley, but then you know Borough will be back top again, three points clear. Well, McCarthy was spot on Monday on Saturday. He basically said that um, it, it, it's just ingrained in the football fan to, to think that you'll slip up and to think that your rivals will win games. He said that even when Wolves were six points clear with two games to play, they were thinking, well, if, if we lose this and the other teams win that. There is that, isn't it? But it's not just us. It's not just Borough fans who are feeling like that. Brighton fans appear a lot more nervous than, than Borough fans right now because not only have they got a potentially tough game with Derby, I mean, the, the shootout is away mm. at, at a ground where Borough have an incredible record. So, I mean, they're, they're more nervous. I mean, obviously, we, we have home advantage in the, the final match and that could just make a 2 or 3% difference that could swing it. Is there an element of Brighton of, of them being under, I mean, not under extra pressure, just the pressure on everyone, but then, you know, it's been such a good season, they've been such surprise packages. Do they have to take this chance while it's presented itself? Yeah, I don't necessarily buy it when people say Brighton have got nothing to lose. Now, when you get so close to a promotion like this, you know, so close to the prize. If if whoever drops out into the playoffs, is it's going to be a pretty pretty big blow to any of them. Mm. And there's not a great amount of time before you have to pick yourself back up. Brighton, I would have agreed if you talked to me kind of earlier in the season that they had nothing to lose. But now they have everything to lose. But equally, Middlesbrough have everything to lose, and Burnley have everything to lose. And whether we're Burnley fans, whether we're Brighton fans, whether we're Borough fans, we can all sit around the table and come up with logical arguments of why we have more of a chance than the others, why we have less of a chance than the others. I mean, Borough, Borough's home record is fantastic, but Burnley are unbeaten in 21. Brighton have won the last five. I mean, we, there's a lot of chatter about it, but we don't really know, really, until we see it, do we? It's very much like last season, isn't it? I remember last year thinking, well, Bournemouth and Watford, they're bound to slip up here and there. They're bound to slip up somewhere, and they've got so-and-so, so-and-so here and so-and-so, so-and-so there. And it does get the stage where you think, well, well, maybe not. You know, it's just pure relentless, isn't it? And credit to all teams involved, Vic. Yeah, uh, but to be fair, the other people will be looking at Borough and saying exactly the same thing. Oh, absolutely, thing. that's what I mean. Know, all six, three teams, six wins, two draws, uh, and one of those draws, you know, you're a ninety seconds away from beating the, t- the team at the top of the table. That's good form, mm. and that you know that that will send out a, a powerful message to the others as well that you know Borough Borough are coming good at just the right it's time. Very interesting that you could have a team on ninety one points that doesn't go up automatically which is incredible really and I think that we've had this discussion all season of whether this championship season has been a stronger or more difficult or better championship season season than the the last one I know the nerves are getting to me (laughs) and I actually think the last season was a tougher championship season than this one but then the points tally Having three teams all on 87 with two to play maybe suggests otherwise. I think the three teams are, are far and away the best teams, though, over the mm. course of the season. You know, Hull, McCarthy again said that, didn't he? That he thought Hull were the best team in the league when they played, and look what's happened to them. He thought well, we Derby did. were, and, and look what's happened to them. I think over the course of the 46 games, the three teams have. And that's when you think, with the playoffs, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because the team who finishes third, A, it is a massive blow they've got to pick themselves up from, but B, they have been that much better than the other teams. I mean, yeah, you only the have stats to also the show that the team that finished third goes up more often. Yeah, yeah. 40% over the last 20 years. So, well, know, I mean, we don't even want to go there. Anyway. No, but let, let's, not, let's not paint it uh, black. I mean, all this stuff about, oh, well, if you finish sixth, you've got a better chance because you've got momentum. That's just not true historically. Uh, the, the, top, the top three teams are, 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 is it 10 points clear now? Mm. Yeah. And that's showed over the course of the season. There have been flurries. I mean, we went to Hull and they, they turned us over that day and, and we came away saying, well, 
they look head and shoulders the best team in the division. And the wheels came off big style. Uh, Derby were, were, were top, were they top? When we played them. And again, the wheels have come off. Every team has had a wobble. I mean, Burnley had a, a quite disastrous wobble of 10 or 12 games and, and they slipped down to fifth. And after we beat Brighton, they had a big wobble as well and they slipped down to sixth. And everyone's done it. Borough had their wobble and, and slipped back as far, I think we might have got as far, far back as third. So maybe our wobble, although it felt awful for us uh, and it had a massive impact on us psychologically, you know, we've, we've bounced back from that just like everyone else has. Look, looking ahead to the game at Birmingham then, obviously the, the drop points against Ipswich, two points dropped there, but, but it was a good performance, like you say. It, is it just the case of more of the same required with the finishing touch? I think so. I think that there was a lot of good things in that Middlesbrough performance against Ipswich and a lot of good things that's happened over the last seven games. Um, I honestly believe Middlesbrough are so much better team when they have a dome on the right and Darren on the left. I know that we've had a few discussions about um, the substitution and obviously when Stuani came on, Borough kind of seemed to lose their way a little bit. Not that it's, it's his fault for that. But I think Middlesbrough's a balance look much better like that. I think that Ramirez and Rhodes, I thought on Saturday were as good a pair as I've seen them play together. I thought the understanding is getting better every game. I think that Rhodes does so many little things that I like. You know, I know that he hasn't been getting you know, as many perhaps goals as he, he could have since January, but his recent record is very good, and you've seen enough times to think that he will, you know, he will be absolutely fine. And Ramirez, still for me, is the outstanding player in the, the championship when he's on form, but that's the only thing. You need to make sure that your good players are on form in these next two games because there is no if 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 you do get an odd game there is no room for for error now. Correctly said last week, Vic, that it's kind of no no room for tinkering now, which is is the first time he's really got on the record to say anything like that. Will it be as you were? Do you think? I would have thought so, or very close to it. I mean. It, He's been quite clear throughout the season that he's been rotating for a reason. He hasn't just been plucking names out of the air, whatever the critics think. You know, he doesn't throw all the names in a hat and pick them out. He's been rotating for a reason, which is to keep everyone fresh for the running, and that's where we are now. And you know, it's no coincidence that Borough have, have looked strong through these last couple of games, and key players have been, you know, lasting the ninety-six minutes, and that's because. He's carefully, carefully husbanded his resources through what is a gruelling, gruelling season. Uh, other teams, you know, the, the likes of Hull and Derby that we talked about, a couple of injuries to, to key players there, and, and they've been found wanting because they haven't had that option or haven't taken that route to keeping it, you know, as many players up, up as close to fully charged as possible. I think Birmingham are a fine example as well. Birmingham and Ipswich, Birmingham and Ipswich you look at how they've fallen away and it's very much like Borough and Mowbray when, when the resources are tight yeah. and, and when, when it begins to take its toll, you see them just, just dwindling away, don't you, when they haven't got 17, 18, yeah. 19. There's a lot of teams them. in this division that have a good first team, a mm. good first 11. But beyond that, it's very, very shallow and they have to throw in kids and <coughs> veterans and people who are perhaps not quite fit back from injuries and stuff. And we've had the luxury this year of, of not really ever been in that situation. I think that if you look at the, the results, I think that Karanka's decisions to rotate uh, have indicated. I mean, if you look at this season, who's, who's been injured? You've had the Yala, obviously, out with his... It, you know, we usually kind of has something it's wrong February in February, <laughs> um, and obviously George Friend. I mean, 
you know, f- you know, fair enough. I know he had his shoulder, didn't he, which you can't really do much about. And then this they're impact one. injuries, yeah, aren't exactly. They? A lot of them are over. You can't really do that. You don't really see a Borough player kind of twinge a, a hamstring very often, albeit friends are with a hamstring, but you don't see that kind of thing. Uh, and that is credit to Karanka. He does take his fair share of flack, but it was interesting in, late in the Ipswich game as well, where he was. He, he noticed that the fans were were singing for David Nugent to come on. And you know, some people perhaps thought that Nugent came on a little bit too late. But he turned around and said, "You know, I've got five or six people here with cramp, like on the pitch. I can't take any risks." So I think that is a very unseen side of, of football. It's quite easy for us to say, "Oh, why don't you play in this? Why aren't you playing that?" But I think you know, so far so good in terms of crank, in terms of his injuries. You can't argue with the record. I think credit the strength and conditioning stuff as well because the the fitness was one of the primary reasons in Karanka's eyes as to the to the recent run of late goals, wasn't it? Oh, I, 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 some of the individuals in the team that have been totally transformed over the last eighteen months. I mean, you mentioned that Albert was out on his feet. I mean, Albert has run so far in the last couple of weeks. It's unbelievable. Ditto and Sue behind him. I think. Yeah, but I mean, just, when you think about what Albert Adoma was like when he came here, he was he was an archetypal winger, wasn't he? He'd disappear for 20 minutes. There'd be one burst here, one burst there, a little bit of fanny dangle and step over, and then he'd disappear again. But now you're getting 96 minutes of high-intensity running, tracking back, he pops up all over the place, and he never stops. And that's incredible, and that's that's the transformation that's come with the the culture at the club of uh, in, incremental improvement week in week out. I'd like to see the stats actually for uh, for, for the distance covered because mm. I mean often I'd seen I think Lee Cadamore when Sunderland played at uh, Norwich last week and Cadamore might have covered twelve and a half thirteen k, which is a decent, a brilliant effort in in ninety minutes. But I reckon Burrows. Whereas wide men, both full backs and wingers, will cover a fair old way as well because they are non stop, aren't they? Up yeah, and down that yeah absolutely. But uh, another, um, I think each manager kind of does it differently. And one thing I was also interested in was the, uh, when I was watching the Burnley game and said that Scott Arfield, who is the equivalent of a Doma in their team, I think he started every single game in the Championship. Every single game. So, I mean, fair play. I mean, they've, they've used, I think, the least amount of players in the yeah. entire division. So, different managers do it differently. Yeah. You know, Karanka has rotated it and it seems that he's got the benefits of it. But it is fascinating how different teams are doing it. And But I think one thing that can be certain from all the three teams we're talking about is that I think they all now know what their best 11 is. And you can pretty much confidently guess what that 11 is going to be on Friday and next Monday. And now it literally is up to those 11 players and, and the three subs to you know, play to their maximum because there's no second chances, really. Predictions, then, for, for Borough, Burnley and Brighton this weekend? I think it'll be three wins and I think the, the agony will go on all the way. I don't think there's any let-up. We're going to be t- screwed so tight and everyone's stomach's going to be so tight that when the season's finally over and we all start to unravel and we will all take off like helicopters. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think it's, it's going to be three wins and it'll go down to the final day. But what is going to be interesting, I spoke to Vic about this earlier, is that on the final day, obviously, Borough play Brighton. So someone, if everyone wins, one of them are going to be disappointed. But Burnley are at Charlton. And if Charlton are planning another protest, there's a good chance that they could finish their game 15 minutes after Borough. So what's gonna? It's gonna be a weird dynamic because one team at the Riverside may well be celebrating, and then the other team is kind of just sat there twiddling their thumbs for fifteen minutes, waiting to see what the Burnley. Joey Barton dancing around beach balls all afternoon exactly. in the valley. I think we we we'd looked at the possible outcomes, obviously with goal difference and goal scored and whatnot, and and the only way that Borough could have been involved in a playoff is if Brighton win at the Riverside three 0 on the final 
on the final weekend of the season. Lose at home to Derby and Borough put 13 past Birmingham. So if you fancy a daft quid on Friday, <laughs> there you go. Jordan Rhodes to treble his tally for the season. Thanks, fellas.